Welcome to GovInnovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our topic today is how researcher-practitioner partnerships can help public agencies to answer important questions and improve their results for citizens. We'll focus on one such partnership between an economist, Dave Manoli, and the Internal Revenue Service. Here's a clip. By bringing researchers in and creating these partnerships, I think we're creating environments where you have an exchange of ideas, and that naturally leads to a lot of innovation. Whether it's RCTs, whether it's with the existing data, it's just uh, bringing new talent into a problem, and I think that there's a lot of positive complementarity. An important and underused opportunity for public agencies to improve their results is researcher-practitioner partnerships. When researchers and government executives team up, public agencies can get credible answers to important operational and strategic questions. That can include insights from empirical analyses as well as from field experiments. To get insights into what it takes to create a successful researcher-practitioner partnership, we're joined by Dave Manoli. He's an economist at the University of Texas at Austin, whose research interests include social security and retirement, income tax, and education policy. He's collaborated with the IRS on several pieces of research. Day, welcome. Andy, it's, it's great to be here. So Day, I think it might be useful to differentiate between two types of work that you've been doing in collaboration with the IRS. As I mentioned in the introduction, one is empirical analyses and the other is field experiments. Can you give us a quick example of each, starting with empirical analysis, which means essentially analysis of IRS data in this case? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, one of the empirical projects we were interested in understanding how uh, income affects college enrollment. So we basically uh, took advantage of uh, variation in income coming from variation in tax refunds due to uh, changes in uh, the earned income tax credit schedule. Uh, so you can have pretty similar individuals that are from uh, similar backgrounds, but uh, one of us might get a higher tax refund because we're on one side of a threshold uh, than uh, the other. So using that variation in tax refunds, we can then look at uh, the person that got a higher, uh, higher tax refund more likely to enroll in college. And uh, that sort of allows us to isolate the impacts or the causal effects of income uh, from tax refunds on uh, college enrollment. So similar types of young people, except some got larger tax refunds than others. And so that allowed you to look at the data and say, well, how does more income affect college enrollment decisions? Then you also did a field experiment where you have a treatment group and a control group to test in intervention. Tell us what that was. Right. So building on the uh, quasi-experimental or empirical result, uh, research that we had uh, on tax refunds and uh, college enrollment, uh, this led to a field experiment where you know, we thought that uh, trying to let high school seniors or college students know about education tax credits might affect their uh, tax refunds and ultimately their college enrollment. Uh, so we designed a randomized control trial to uh, send out an information uh, mailer to uh, eligible taxpayers uh, or taxpayers that were on the cusp of college entry and uh, basically let them know about what education tax credits might uh, be on the table for them. And I know the findings from the empirical analyses show that income does matter for college enrollment decisions, and the results of the field experiment are going to be out soon. So, Day, tell us from your perspective as a researcher, what are the benefits of these types of partnerships? Obviously, access to data is important, but how do you articulate some of the benefits? Sure. I think that uh, one of the main benefits for me as a researcher, I think, has been the exchange of perspectives. 
So as a researcher coming into a government agency, I might be trained in empirical techniques or you know, data analysis techniques and, and research designs. But uh, what they, I think they bring to the table a vast knowledge of institutional background and actual imp- program implementation and administration. And when you have that exchange of perspectives, I think it creates a lot of very interesting research ideas that oftentimes might just go underappreciated if the, you know, the, the different parties aren't really highlighting what seems interesting to them. Is there also a motivation of uh, impact day in terms of, you know, government programs often deal with thousands of people, or if you're talking about the IRS, uh, potentially millions of people, and your research can inform better approaches at scale? That's right. So, uh, you know, the RCT uh, maybe you know, one of the RCTs, the treatment group was 200,000 uh, individuals, pretty large control group. But then we'll take those insights and then the leadership at IRS uh, might start implementing changes or uh, use this to affect other programs and other uh, tax administration aspects. And that exactly has uh, broader impacts on, uh, on millions of uh, American taxpayers. So tell us what it takes to make these types of collaborations successful. You're working with IRS officials and researchers to conduct these analyses and the field experiments. What does it take from a researcher perspective to make that partnership work well? So I think that there is an aspect of uh, patience that that is uh, really front and center. I think just being patient to kind of understand uh, the different perspectives that people are bringing to the table, I think, is a very important characteristic. Both being patient as a researcher to kind of hear uh, the interests of people at the IRS and also to explain what is of interest to me or uh, what I find interesting in a, in a certain project. And I think that uh, sort of sincere give and take on both sides is pretty important and maybe even the centerpiece of making a research partnership work. You know, also, I think in explaining my background, uh, explaining the, the tenure process or any, uh, you know, time pressures or publication time uh, lags that we're facing, you know, I think that being able to explain that to my co-authors has been very important. And I think once we understand each other, we can kind of get on the same page and, and everything has been pretty smooth. You know, I think being flexible in accessing the data on site, uh, thinking about research from multiple perspectives, both from an academic perspective as well as uh, from a tax administration perspective, uh, these are all pretty uh, central ingredients, I think. I think it might be useful to underscore that these partnerships are not necessarily easy. I think you and I both know of examples where agencies have actually felt like they didn't work well with researchers and these partnerships kind of fell apart. What's your feeling from hearing stories and anecdotally about how these projects actually fail or fall apart? Right. Just that element of being willing to listen to their research priorities and their interests, like that element of patience, I think it's just a simple thing, but it can really go a long way in creating these partnerships. Uh, you know, if you're if you're sending like three or four emails asking what happened to this or, or can you get me, you know, this pr- access or, you know, they are, they're juggling both interacting with me as a researcher as well as their normal job duties. And they're very competent people. They can get their jobs done. Um, they don't you know, need sort of, you know, constant prodding. But I think, you know, sometimes tenure pressure or publication pressure gets the better of people or they just want to keep grinding on something. Um, yeah, I think that being patient and sort of being sincere on, on listening to people's interests, I think, goes a long way. 
One important issue with any researcher practitioner partnerships is protecting data privacy. Related to that topic, we should note that you're on an IPA assignment. That's the Intergovernmental Personnel Act that allows federal agencies to bring in experts from outside of government to work in federal agencies for periods of time. That allows you to be embedded in the agency. Tell us the implications and the benefits of being an IPA to this type of partnership and to the issue of data privacy. Sure. So I think that um, in my case, you know, uh, working on site at uh, at an IRS office and working with co-authors, I think has been uh, very important. I think uh, that helps in developing trust. It helps in uh, learning the institutional background of some of the programs that we study, uh, and also exchanging ideas with co-authors. Uh, you know, I can you know go from my office to their office, you know, just across the hall, and and we can talk in in real time. So you know that helps I think with the data privacy because uh, yeah, we're working on site. Uh, as an IRS employee would, and uh, none of the data leaves uh, the IRS, so uh, so we protect privacy as any IRS employee would. A final question for you, Day, which is, I know that you've learned how existing government data can be use- useful to agencies, broader even uh, set of uses than agencies might at first realize, and that partnerships with researchers can help them identify those possibilities. Give us an example, if you would. Sure. So in a lot of my research, I focused on RCTs, uh, as we talked about, but uh, even some of the background data analysis uh, can produce data products that can be very useful uh, within the agency. So to give you an example, with the non-filer research that we've worked on, uh, we've set up a database to identify individuals that have income reported to the IRS but don't show up on file tax returns we can create maps of where these individuals are located. These maps are pretty useful from an academic perspective. We can see the distribution of where these people live and think about what policies might be actually creating non-filing. From the IRS's perspective, these maps are very helpful because they can talk to their stakeholders and work with uh, the tax preparation industry to say, uh, try to uh, increase tax filing in certain parts of the country. And all of this is just coming from a collaboration of bringing fresh perspectives to a priority in the government agency. So from the IRS's perspective, I think they've communicated that they're very interested in non-filers, figuring out what's driving non-filing. From my perspective, I can bring techniques uh, like empirical techniques to create these maps to think about data analysis in different dimensions. And so by bringing researchers in, and creating these partnerships, I think we're creating environments where you have an exchange of ideas, and that naturally leads to a lot of innovation. Whether it's RCTs, whether it's with the existing data, it's just uh, bringing new talent into a problem, and I think that there's a lot of positive complementarity. That's a great note to end on. Day, congratulations to you and your IRS partners on producing important research together, and thanks for sharing your insights with us. Oh, thank you very much. It's been great to talk about this, and uh, uh, I really appreciate your interest.